On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about hunting for £10,000, punting on Bitcoin, and why I'm excited to get back out there and do public speaking. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 74 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. You might be able to tell in my voice, I am tired as fuck today. Um, Got home very late yesterday from uh, near London, so by the time I got to Wales it was like midnight. Didn't get to sleep until like 2am for some reason. Got a phone call at 20 past 5 in the morning, which woke me up. Then couldn't get back to sleep again because it was daylight and then I was in the office by 10, so I'm just really fucking tired today. Um, I have a rule. It used to be no caffeine after 4pm. I've tried to push that back a little bit and do no caffeine after 2pm to help with my sleep. And today that rule's just gone out the window. The time is currently uh, just gone half past six and I've just finished a Costa that I went to get. And yeah, feeling okay right now because I've got coffee in me. But man, today's been a struggle. I've been very tired Uh, What have I been up to? I've been in Wales for the last two weeks. I think last time I recorded an episode like this, uh, I was back in Corby. But for the last couple of weeks, I've been in Wales. I did a few days in the office last week before heading up to North Wales to stay in a hotel just to get away. Um, And the plan was to climb Snowdon. I say climb, walk up Snowdon um, when I was there in North Wales because the hotel was about 20 minutes from Snowdon. That was the plan. The weather had different ideas. It was absolutely chucking it down and cloudy and it was like three degrees at the top. So I just thought, you know what, I'm not about it, not going to do it. So maybe that will happen at some point in the future. But it turned into me just working from the hotel for a couple of days. Uh, And then I've just been in the office for all of this week, other than yesterday when I was near London, like I say. Um, And it's been busy. Uh, We have a very big client project going live over the weekend. It's a big e-commerce build that we've been working on for a few months now. Um, Definitely the best e-commerce project that we have built and launched to date, which of course ties in very neatly with the, uh, I guess the renewed mission of Pata. This time last year we rebranded and I spoke in February about how we've kind of sharpened the aim of what we're trying to build and where we're heading. And that's very much in the direction of serving direct consumer e-commerce brands. And so whilst we've built e-commerce projects in the past, this one from a design point of view, from a conversion point of view, from a development point of view, from a scalability point of view, and also some of the partnerships that we've tied in to build this one is definitely a step change. So it's going to be exciting to see that go live over the weekend uh, and just see what happens as we plug marketing into that website over the coming weeks and months to uh, just get some data in, start testing, start growing that client. So yeah, that'll be good. That's what we've been up to, basically. Uh, And because of that, 
like I say, very tired, so I'm excited to do very little this weekend. I'm probably going to drive back to Corby on Saturday, uh, do nothing on Sunday, quite honestly, and then I'm tempted to drive somewhere on Monday, bank holiday Monday, on my own, don't know where, but just, you know, it's because lockdown and everything, I've never actually driven anywhere that isn't just to Wales or back to Corby or to the co-op down the road. Um, Actually, I was having this conversation the other day, literally since I passed my driving test in October. I've driven to so few places, like the office is on the A470, about 20 minutes and one road away from the centre of Cardiff. And yet I've never driven to Cardiff because there has never been a reason to do so. And so the other night, I think Tuesday evening, I was bored uh, in the office at around this time. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to drive to Cardiff and see what it's like. And so I took the A470 down there, um, which is basically the road that feeds on to the M4. So quite a big, quite a busy road, particularly a rush hour. Lots of red lights and red light cameras and roadworks and changing speed limits. And it was just the most stressful drive. Uh, pulled into a little side street in the north of Cardiff and then I thought I would take the other route back to the office which is over Caffilly Mountain and um, I've been on that mountain road as a passenger hundreds of times literally it was the route that we would take home from the office when we were based in Cardiff for years and yet I entirely underestimated how difficult it is to drive up such a steep gradiented narrow curvy bendy road with the sun in your eyes in a manual car so um nothing went wrong to be honest but i feel like i probably pissed off the people behind me because on a national speed limit road around some of those bends and up some of those hills i was definitely doing nowhere near 60 but did it nonetheless so that's probably the first uh, first real purposeless drive that i've done right every time i've driven uh, since i passed has been to meetings or to or from the office or whatever so it was it was i say fun that's not the right word it was stressful but it was useful to just drive somewhere with no aim and so i might do that again on monday who knows um the don mcgregor episode last week was very good uh if you haven't already listened to it i recommend you go back and listen after this uh dom as you might know was one of the two co-founders of social chain alongside Stephen bartlett uh, we spoke about all sorts, the early days of social ch- social chain, how they built a business from zero to 200 million in revenue in the space of five years, how they went from a team of two to a team of hundreds in the space of five years, uh, what it was like to float that business on the stock exchange, what it feels like as a founder to then step away from your business. Dom and Steve are now no longer actively involved in social chain, so they built the business to be the mammoth that it is and then stepped away. So it was really interesting to hear from Dom who, by the way, is still in his 20s, what it's like to build a business but then walk away from it. That was interesting. And then I think the other really interesting thing about Dom is that through uh, a series of events, he decided to give up alcohol. And since then, he's been sober for almost five years. Really interesting insight. Definitely plugs into a lot of the stuff that I've spoken about in the past. Uh, definitely plugs into the Chris Williamson conversation from a few weeks back. So if you haven't already listened, it's quite a short episode. It's definitely the shortest guest episode, but it's a good one nonetheless. I'm glad we did it. And yeah, go and give it a listen. What else is new? (laughs) I spent a lot of my time, to be honest, in the last couple of weeks just watching and re-watching Max Fosh videos on YouTube. Um, If you don't know, Max Fosh is a YouTuber who... Uh, ran to be London Mayor, came second last, um, 
very funny guy, very interesting guy, but now he has released his new series of videos where he has hidden £10,000 somewhere in the mainland of Britain, and he's releasing a clue every week, a clue that leads to a word, and when you have enough of those words, in theory, it'll give you an indication of where it's hidden. And you know what? I don't even want the money. Like, if I were to have a very good idea of where the money was, would I drive and get it? Probably not. Probably be too busy, frankly. But it's really fun to just try and um, decode the riddles in each of the clues. There are two clues so far. Um, because, you know, I, I tweeted this, actually. It's a really interesting example of confirmation bias, this Max Fosch stuff, because the clues are really cryptic. Like, it's almost impossible to guess what each of the clues means at this point because there's only two there's going to be at least three and so it's not yet possible to accurately or confidently connect the dots and yet so so many people have come up with so many theories that they are convinced are correct and of course by the nature of what this is only one answer will be correct right and yet there are hundreds if not thousands of theories that people are standing by they're arguing over and they're utterly convinced that they are correct with their theory and i've been convinced at least what three times whilst digging into this that i've pinpointed the location i think every time i i have a theory i text chloe and i'm like it's definitely here blah 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 this is why and then she'll point out like a very valid a very obvious reason why it's not and i'll be like shit that's mad i've just spent an hour researching, looking at places, listening to the queue, cross-referencing videos, and I'm like, it's definitely here. And because I've gone so far down that rabbit hole because of confirmation bias, I'm looking for reasons to back up why it is there rather than the far more likely outcome, which is look for reasons why it's not. And so, yes, it's an interesting challenge. Yes, it's a fun use of time in the evenings, but also it's a really interesting example of confirmation bias because the second you're convinced that something is true, you look for reasons to believe it's true it's like that quote that elk fist said actually a couple of episodes ago she said something like people use facts in the same way that a drunk person uses a lamppost not to find light but to lean upon right we we have a decision we we make a choice as to what we believe and then rather than allowing facts to sway us more often than not we look for facts selectively that confirm a decision that we've already made and I've definitely found myself doing it with this Max Fosh £10,000 thing recently. Um, if you haven't checked out the videos, definitely go and do that. Just search Max Fosh on YouTube, watch them. Such a rabbit hole. Honestly, if you do it, just be prepared to lose an hour of your evening every evening uh, going down the rabbit holes. But also let me know if you have any theories. It'd be fun to talk about them. Um, Peter's book, Peter Watson, his book, uh, The Niche Influence, is now available on pre-order on Amazon. He put it up today. Um, he asked me a few months back to write the foreword for that book, which is a lot of fun. Never written a foreword before. Um, and so that is at the beginning of the book. Uh, the book itself is really good. It is about how to find success or to be able to monetize attention. You don't need millions of followers like Kim Kardashian. You need like a couple of hundred maximum and they just need to be people who really believe in whatever it is you speak about who really buy into whatever niche it is you communicate about and in a world where the most desired job of young people in countless surveys isn't astronaut anymore or race car driver or 
policeman or fireman or woman um it is youtuber and so in this world where we're raising millions of young people who believe that they need to have millions of followers or subscribers or viewers to find success and happiness in putting out content and sharing their view of the world i think peter's book is a really interesting take into how actually that's not always true i'm sure it's great to have millions of followers right speak about the uh one of the lessons that Chris Williamson shared on the episode a few weeks back where he spoke about the fact that fame isn't the be-all and end-all, but it's very useful. It's a very useful tool. Like, I'm sure it's very useful to have the attention of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. But Peter, in his book, makes the case that actually, if you want to just monetize a niche following of people to talk about and share something you love, it's really not that difficult with the tools that we have available to us. So what I'm going to do is put the Amazon link to that book in the show notes for this episode uh, go and buy it it's like 9.99 or something definitely worth a read if you're into business or want to build a newsletter or a youtube channel or a personal brand or anything like that it's quite a short book and i say that in a good way like it's not one of these books which have pages and pages of examples and stories for stories sake to fill out words to fill out pages it's very much to the point you could probably fly through it in one night or two nights so i'm going to put a link to that in the show notes um yeah go check it out peter also finally persuaded me to buy bitcoin last week i'll be honest even to this day i don't understand bitcoin i don't see the inherent value in bitcoin and it very much goes against the narrative that i painted in my email on the email newsletter a few weeks ago about all of these shit coins and people chasing short-term gains but i'll be honest that's exactly what i'm doing with this I put in £1,100 into Bitcoin when the price was very low, frankly because I think that this price, in the same way that I think it rises because it rises in like the greater fool theory, I feel like it's fallen because it's fallen and people are trying to stop loss and take their money out quickly before the price descended. It seems, touch wood, to have found its bottom, so I'm like, I don't know, £100 up right now, but what I'm going to do is just keep the money in there until the price reaches i don't know 60 or 80,000 again and then pull it out and probably have made like i don't know 800 pounds which let's be honest isn't bad given that that money was only ever sat in my savings account gaining no interest and then because of inflation actually decreasing in value so i d- i'd be honest i didn't have the balls to put more in because i don't understand it because i don't see the inherent value in bitcoin to me it's just fake money on a screen but yeah i took a punt so i'll let you know how that goes uh had my first speaking engagement offer this week yesterday actually the first one since march 2020 um and you know whilst it's not a massive event two things here number one i find it really fun and really worthwhile going out speaking to people having conversations Um, and kind of putting my own spin on things like I do with this podcast but face to face with an audience of people I've always found that fun so really excited in that sense but also number two if it goes ahead I'm just really excited to get back out there Um, I had Sarah book in a bunch of speaking engagements for me at the beginning of 2020 and the first one that went ahead was in I think the first week of March and it was weird you had to like disinfect the microphone and everything and then of course days after that everything closed and so all of the events that i was going to speak at didn't exist so i'm excited to just go back do it again see what it's like see if i'm any good anymore and just get back on it 
And honestly, I think that's about it in this tired ramble of an episode. Uh, I'm not sure who the guest will be next week. Got a few people lined up, got a few people I need to reply to from conversations that I've been having because I'm fucking awful at replying to emails that relate to this podcast or the newsletter. So apologies if ever you've emailed that email address. Um, I will get back to you. Uh, But yeah, not sure who is going to be the guest next week, but there will be somebody. There will be an episode. Uh, And I think that is all I have to say. So thank you as always for listening, for sticking around to this this ramble of an episode. I hope you have a good week. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 75 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.